Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> okay, we're going to go again in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 60. Andy Marshall. Andy, thanks for joining us, mate. You're very welcome, Dan. How are you? Good, mate. Good. We just had a good chat off camera. You've got a lovely sound. Just back off holiday. and ready to yeah, uh, new memories. Yeah, yeah. Just had a nice 10 days um, over in Portugal with my partner. Um, it's been about three years since I've been able to get away what with lockdown and then the way the system has been with the games um, and the schedule's been all, all thrown to pot because of the COVID situation. So it was, it was very good to get away for, for 10 days. No, nice, mate. Nice. Why not? Why not? Right, we're winding it back. To your time at Millwall. I actually didn't know this. So you learn something new every day. There was three spells at the club. Your loan spell, which originally led to your permanent deal. And then you come back later on down the line on the Kenny jacket. But we'll start at the very beginning, 2003, 2004. You come to the club at a time when things were on the up. Did you come in for a cover for Tony Warner when he got injured? That right? Yeah, that's, that's right. So Tony got an injury. Um, <clears throat> and I got a phone call from Dennis. Dennis Wise, um, asking if I'd be interested in coming down. So, you know, with the opportunity of playing championship football, um, I'd fallen down the pecking order at my parent club in Ipswich. So it was a great opportunity. I'd, I'd, I'd played against Dennis before. I knew Ray Wilkins from, I think everyone knew Ray, didn't they, from, from football. God yeah. rest his soul. Um, so it was it was a great opportunity for myself to, to come, come in, play some games and basically see where it'd lead to. And, you know, to where it led to was was quite phenomenal, and you could never ever anticipate that. We, we spoke quickly off off screen. The, the the things that went on at me during that time, starting with a good ending with a bad in relegation, but Europe, FA Cup final, semi final. When you come in, was it like a whirlwind? Was the place absolutely buzzing? Yeah, so I can remember the first day I turned up at the training ground, and um, I think it's something that again we spoke about earlier off 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 camera. Um, about the state of the training ground and, and, and to this day, what, 18 years on, it hasn't particularly changed much. But that no. was what Millwall was all about at the time and it was all about the, the camaraderie. It was all about everything going wrong. Um, and there wasn't a, a day that I didn't go into the training ground or into the football club that there wasn't some sort of drama or, or something happening. 
that would cause problems. And it ended up becoming almost like a standing joke. This was this is this is just Millwall. This is what they are. I, I remember one away game, and we were playing up. It was we're up north somewhere, and the drive the, the driver on the night before is going to take us to the hotel, and he gets lost. And this is our coach driver, and he's asking us the management and the players how to get to the hotel <laughs> but it, it just becomes a standing joke because that's what Millwall was all about you know it's yeah. just how they were brilliant do you um you come in obviously cover for Tony Wall he was injured but he was a massive part of that dresser I know Tony personally so what was he like being you know he must have been devastated he's going to be injured but was he fully behind you and obviously what was Willie Garay like we've had loads of stories on Willie as well when you come to the club he said who's the goalkeepers they said Willie and Denzel you must have been <laughs> Yeah, um, I've known Tony a long time before I actually joined the club. Yeah. And um, so it, it was great. He, he was good as gold. He, he opened, you know, open arms, welcomed me. Um, I think Willie found it a little bit tougher because obviously I think he was hoping he'll be playing. And then, yeah. you know, we had a bit of an FA Cup run and um, and you know, things things went well. So I think Willie found it a little bit difficult. But Tony, Tony was really supportive towards me. Um, and, and as you say, on, on the FA Cup final um, on the day, it must have been tough for Tony not to be involved in it. But mm. to be fair to Dennis, he had um, him and and uh, Kevin Muscat lead That's the right. teams out, you know, so it, it was it was great. Um, it, and that was what the club was all about, was about, you know, having everyone involved. Didn't have the biggest budget, didn't have the best team. What we did have was shed loads of guts, shed loads of determination and shed loads of camaraderie be between us all, you know? Yeah. I think Tom was more interested in um, focusing on killing John Sutton. That's your injury in the training. He's going to clash news Don't even know why he went in for it. He was, he was 70 30 in my favour. He popped his yeah. knee out and you got the call. Yeah. When Dennis called you, was it, um, was it originally, look, there's a loan here for you, come in and help us out, or there's a loan with the potential, you know, see how we go. And no. Do no, it was it was always just come in, help us out. Um, come and get yourself some games. You know, it helped me and it helped the club. Uh, yeah. A two-way thing, and uh, well, the the rest, you know, from the time that I were there, became history because um, I came in. I felt as though I'd done well for the club. I had a, I think I had good rapport with the fans. Um, I was very well accepted and welcomed by the football club. But everybody, you know, from the from the from the ladies who worked at the training ground cooking the food to you know everybody involved at the football club across across the board it, it was a real family football club um and and it made you it, it was that camaraderie between the whole between the whole football club yeah no no, no i've had people just saying about you as well accepting and not just saying it because you're on when i said you was coming on on our social media platforms people's like what a guy what a goalkeeper done brilliant for us so you weren't there long and you know you had a lot to live up to as a goalkeeper at Mill because a lot of our goalkeepers are legends at Mill. Well, brian king Casey Keller, Tony Warner, Brian Horn. So yeah, you you very well remembered, mate, and uh, and rightly so. The FA Cup run was obviously a major part in that. Before the FA Cup run, I've done my research today. You made your debut against Crew, okay, at home, if I'm right, and then we was uh, at home to Stoke after that. Two league games after that, you dropped out the side, and Willie came in for four games. Two of those, with the fourth and the fifth round of the FA Cup. Why was that? Do you remember? Um. I think the idea was that Dennis was always going to play Willie in um, in, in the cup games initially, oh. and I, I believe. Um, now, I can't remember how many games I actually did come out for, but I believe he was going to play in the FA Cup ones. Um, yes. What then actually happened after that, how I got back in, I'll be honest with you, I can't really remember. Oh, I can't um, see what happened. 
we got too far in a cup and he thought, fuck that, I can't play William. I've seen that so many times. I've kids there as well. Yeah, you'll play every game, you'll play every game. And you get to the final, you're like, oh, get in now. Get the first thing back in. <laughs> oh, it was... Um... And, you know, if, if that was the case, that, you know, it's tough on Willie if that's the case, you yeah. know. Um, so, I, I, and I remember, I remember um, the week building up to the FA Cup final, if, if I can sort of jump forward a little bit. And um, we, we've gone and we've gone and played. Uh, we've got, we're training at the stadium now and everything's all down there because at the end of the season, game, you know, stadium's not going to be used anymore. So, we're going to, you know, we train there. And... Dennis comes up and says, Marsh, I, I need to have a chat with you. Um, and, and Willie and, um, and Tony Burns, the goalkeeping car, and I need to have a chat. And Ray Wilkins has come over and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I've just got us to the final of the FA Cup and he's giving me the talk that he's going to drop me. And he went, Marsh, um, I'm, I'm not going to play you tomorrow. I went, what? My face of thunder. I, I'm now, I now want to kill Dennis Wise. And he's gone, I'm going to play Tony Burns, the goalkeeping coach, instead. And he just burst out laughing, but he just wanted to wind me up. But that's that's the sort of way that the club was, you know. You could do that sort of thing, you know. We had that yeah. sort of camaraderie between us. Winding right back to the uh, the quarterfinal, Tranmere. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the first game of the game was a draw. Kevin Muscat missed that penalty, didn't he? I reminded that of me today as well. What was he like, Muscat? Muzzy. Well, <laughs> Muzzy's one of them that if you don't know him and you're not in his team, horrible nasty individual off you know and that's the perception he likes to give himself as, as a player but actually you know what when you play in the same same team as him great guy so person you want on your team so person you want to go to war with on your side and yeah. off the field a, 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 an actually really nice guy and actually you know a family man and a, a nice nice man yeah. um so my perception of kevin muscat which i knew of him i played against him quite a few times and he actually he actually done Craig Bellamy um, at Carroll Road when I was playing for Norwich and he'd done him on his knee and he had to have his, uh, his knee operated on quite a bad injury. And I thought, you're a nasty piece of work. But actually, when I got to know him and, and played with him and trained with him, top guy, real nice guy. He was even another one, wasn't at the club long, but very fondly remembered by the middle fans. Yeah. Not a surprise on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, he wore his heart on his sleeve. He was what he was and that's what Millwall fans love. You know, you give 100%. And, and you give it everything, which Muzzy would do. And he was a tough tackler, let's be honest. You know, he, he pulled no punches, um, which Millwall fans love. Yeah, I'm jumping forward a bit now again myself. It's not in my notes, but it's just jogged my memory. Was you in goal that day when it all went off against Sheffield United? Um, I was on the bench, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what, Dan, right? Um, so I was actually with Paddy Kenny the other, about two weeks ago, just before I went on holiday. He was doing a talk. And I actually went along to watch it and he actually got me up on the stage and I actually did the talk with Paddy in the end. Oh, and we were talking about that and I remember it, how it all kicked off, how everything happened, you know, because I think, was it Muzzy and Paddy? Did they have something on the pitch that come to on the pitch? Tunnel and it's alleged that, well, Paul Eiffel gave us a great um, account of things. He said that uh, Kenny said something and Muscat's gone, oh, yeah, bang, what about that? And it's all erupted. And apparently Danny Ditch had one of their players who was hitting him over the head with a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> hey, listen, there's no doubt about it. It kicked off proper. If you can picture, like, you've got this tunnel. You, you know what the den's like. It's, what, 30, 30 feet, 40 feet deep yeah. and about six or eight feet wide. It ain't a big tunnel. And you've got two teams with all the subs, all the management, and you've got all the, com you've got all the security people there. It has kicked off like you can't believe. 
you know, and Paddy Kenny's getting absolutely larried by Kevin Muscat, punching him time after time in the face. You've got Chris Morgan from Sheffield United just absolutely lost his head. It's just wanting to wipe everybody out. It was a free-for-all, a proper free-for-all, Dan, honestly. <laughs> really, I just, yeah, it's coming to my mind because I've seen so many times a little documentary on Walnut going, you deserve that for Muscat. You deserve it. goes to Jody Morris, goes, you deserve that for Muscat, doesn't he? I see yeah. my YouTube clip. But, so, yeah, going back to the, the, the run into the FA Cup final, the quarterfinal, Tremor, I must said we drew Muscat. I think the keeper saved it, and he actually went down the middle and tipped yeah. over. Tuesday night, I always remember it. Three, me and three of my mates went up. We stayed at, um, what's the other side? We're tramming with the Wirral. We stayed at the Wirral. The Wirral, yeah. Yeah, and uh, two great goals and uh, just a great night, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a long way to go, as you quite rightly say. Um, yeah. But it was. It was It was a great night and it set us up, obviously, for the next game, which was, it was spectacular. Um if I if I remember rightly, I think we played I think we played the FA Cup game on, on the Sunday at home. I think that was right, wasn't it? That's right. And then yeah, I was. think it was probably the Tuesday or the Tuesday after that uh, up at Tranmere, and it was it was a real fixture congestion that we were getting because we we're getting so far in the cup. We had the the, uh, the League Cup run, and then we also had the the league as well. And we were just game after game after game, and we literally it was taking its toll on our squad. And then obviously when Muzzy got injured and then obviously Tony was already injured and we started to lose a couple of key players at, at key points. And then the lads are then starting to look at the semi-final and making sure they're not getting injured in the league games because they want to make sure they can play in the semi-final now at this point. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people say, fans, you know, as good as it was, could we have made the playoffs if we hadn't gone on that cut run? Did you think the same? Yeah, we, we listen, you can't ever take away an FA Cup run. And for this, for, for a club of Millwall size to, to reach the final, to achieve what we did, to achieve Europe the following season, you would never take that away. But I, I'm in agreement with you. I think it, I think it took its toll on the squad. I think, you know, you, you look at the players, they were worn out. They, they were getting little injuries and there was the distraction of the FA Cup. Yeah. We rolled on to the semi-final. Matt, I've watched the highlights again earlier on just to jog my memory. Um, I actually hadn't been to bed the night before, so I remember loads of the game. But that John Oster free kick, that was very early in the game, wasn't it? Six minutes. I yeah. watched it back over and over. I was trying to credit you because you made an unbelievable effort. And yeah. I, was, I was thinking, just get a touch and I can say, Dave, what a save. <laughs> it was no way you could have done. You jumped higher than the goal and it just went boom out of nowhere, didn't it? I know. And I remember it happening, right? And in fairness, I'm thinking, oh my God, please. Because it, it went my side. That It, it went my side, didn't it? It didn't go over. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Wisey's come running in, and I'm thinking, I've gone full stretch. I can't go anymore. And he's still no. at the bar. And Wisey's come running in at the goal, and he's going mental at me, going, you effing can't get beaten there, rah, rah. And I'm thinking, but he ain't beat me. It's at the bar. It's gone out. <laughs> I mean, what are you having to go at me for? He ain't scored. But yeah, that, that was early on. But that, that could have obviously set the game a different way if, if that had gone in. Mm. And then the goal... I'm going to credit you with an assist because it came from your goal kick originally, didn't it? Did you, did you know that? I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> You've got a flick on there. No, yeah, I do. Plastic, yeah. And then that's when I've scored. I kicked it down the right hand side. I kicked it down the right hand side, if I remember rightly, from a goal kick. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Ice on the run, Kale will finish. There's so many players to talk about in this squad. But let's start with Timmy Kale because you was actually the first person to catch him when he scored. 
I know, it shows how quick I was, wasn't it? He ran the whole length of the field, no one could get him, I got him. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, cut across here, they went like, went like that. Come in, come on. Smart, you see, being clever. <laughs> Save your legs. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I was, yeah. honestly, the, the euphoria, Dan, of when Timmy scored that goal, I mean, it was great with all the Millwall fans behind us. You've got Sunderland one half, we've got us on the other half, and the the stadium's just gone mental. But when Timmy scored it, it was like just like a buzz you've never felt. And and the whole game, that game, and obviously winning that game, and, and you go over it time and time again in your head. It was probably a better feeling than actually playing in the cup final itself, because yeah. then you had the anticipation of the cup final, you know. And don't I'm, I'm not taking anything away from the day. It was an incredible day, and I'm sure the fans would say the same thing. But by winning that semi final knowing what it was going to lead to. It was just incredible. And, and Timmy scoring that goal, it was phenomenal. Bad. was just sold a bit short there by McCartney. Highfield goes alone, blocked by Paul Cahill. He's on the spot. That's his game. And Tim Cahill puts Millwall in front of Old Trafford in the FA Cup semi-final. What a mistake. What a mistake at the back. Was he like Kale? I know. I mean, we know he was brilliant and I thought brilliant. What was he like off the pitch? Was he? Was he nice guy. Really nice guy. He's, Dan, he's just a really nice fella, you know. And um, you, you knew he was going to go on. You knew he was going to go beyond Millwall. You know, he'd served his time. He'd done well for the football club. Um, the club had done well for him. And it was his time and it was right for him to move on. And he went on and had a phenomenal career at international level and in Premier League level. And, you know, the goals that he scored of living late into the box or the, the headers, he, he just had this thing of being able to hang in the air forever. Mm. But phenomenal player, nice guy. And, you know, at the time he was at Mill, you know, he's, I'm going to guess he was around about 24, I think, was he? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was, he was still quite a young, young player. Um, so, you know, a little bit wet behind the ears at times, but just a nice guy, to be honest, Dan. When you won that semi-final, I mean, the, your professional footballers, Dennis Wise has always maintained that you went out to win that game, but surely you know, that, that was the cup, you know, like you said, that was the, the bigger one, that was the cup final there, knowing that you got there to the cup final. Was it a little bit bit of sweet, though? I always ask this to uh, the players that come on, it was at Wembley, and it was at Cardiff, did it not? Um, Oh, with the final, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I've been asked that quite a few times. I think everyone's dream is is to to play the FA Cup at Wembley, and that was always my dream as a kid. I want to play in the FA Cup at Wembley Stadium. You know, the whole thing of back in the day when he used to follow the coach and the big stripes on the pitch and the band rock walking up and down. I know it's changed and it's modernised, yeah. but that's what your memory was from from me as a kid. Same. And you know, so to 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 not have that, yeah, I guess there was a slight element, but. It can't take away from the fact of you played in the biggest tournament in the world and you played in the final in front of tens of millions of people across the world. And you can't you can't take away from that. No. What was the celebration before we get on to the final? What were the celebrations <laughs> like afterwards in the uh dressing room and, and that night? What's it like with them two as well? Why is he and Wilkins? Are they is there a good cop, bad cop? Or is, why I can imagine why is he like losing his head still like he's just so excited and maybe Ray's bringing him in. I don't know. What was he like? Yeah, no, it's exactly like that. Exactly. When you know, when when they when they were working together, it was good cop, bad cop. Um, you know, Ray was always the peacemaker, the calming influence in in the changing room. 
the gentlemen around the training ground and uh, and around the team. And Dennis was the fiery little one. But what I'll say about Dennis, he was a lot more technically astute than what I gave him credit for when I first joined the club. And maybe what a lot of people didn't quite realise about him. He's, he's a lot more technical than what people realised. Um, and I've got to be honest, I work with I work with a manager now in, in, in Lee Bowyer. And Lee's of a very similar ilk to, to Dennis. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked with both of them. And yeah. they, they are a very, very similar sort of mould. Maybe, maybe not. But the, the crazy gang thing, you know, with Wimbledon, yeah. they can't play. They just start lump it and kick people. But obviously, that's not that's not right of him. He's, he was good tactically. Um, was yeah. he like? Did he distance himself in the right way? So I suppose it's hard if you were a player, then become manager. Like you said at the time, like he's having a laugh and a joke with you the day before. So I might drop you. Like, did he get that balance right of being the yeah. manager and still your mate? Yeah, without a doubt. And you knew where the line was, and you knew you couldn't overstep it. Yeah. Um, he would still get changed in the changing room with the players as a player, but he was the manager. You know, people would call him wisely, they wouldn't call him gaffer. Um, but they had the balance. The balance was right. Th- that balance wouldn't have carried on, not not for a year, two years, three years, four years down the line. That would have had to change. But at that moment in time, the balance was perfect. Mm. It must be difficult for it. Like, there was nothing against wisely, but it must, must be difficult at any club to get that right for players and the person that, He's now your manager that was before your mate, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it is difficult. Um, and Lee sort of had that little transition when he was at um, when he was at Charlton, where he went from being one of the coaches into the manager, and all the yeah. players were seeing him now become the manager, you know? It was a very, very similar transition that Lee Bowyer um, and Dennis Wise went through, very similar. Uh, Dan, I'll well, tell you a quick story, right? Please. Okay, so... When, when we've gone up, when it, I've always got a story, mate, don't worry. <laughs> when we went up to Old Trafford, right, we, um, we, we went the night before and we've gone, right, we're going to have a look around, have a look around the stadium um, before we play Sunday the next day. So we've had a look around. Theo's there, we're on the pitch and everything. And we've come on the coach and Theo's come on the post. He's gone, boys, this is unreal. What a stadium. Rah, rah, rah. Best places like Theatre of Dreams. Rah, rah, rah. He's gone, boys, you win tomorrow. We're going to go to the final. And we're going to be in Europe. He goes, but I promise you this, our first European trip, I'm taking you and your families to Disneyland in Paris. Did he? We won the game. He buggered off. Never took us anywhere. <laughs> well, I thought you were all going to go, Disneyland? He couldn't say more by any chance or what? <laughs> he just he don't do anything. <laughs> I still rib him if I ever see him about us. Any chance of that European trip? You keep promising us. Yeah, another one that um, divided opinion of me. Well, Theo, what was he like? I thought, again, I thought he was great. I, I had a lot of time for Theo. A lot of time for him. Um, I thought he was I thought he was a really good guy. Very good businessman, astute. Um, I had a good relationship with him. Um, he was only ever going to take the club so far. He was only going to ever invest so much money. And it's always difficult because fans want more, managers want more, players want more. But the guy was investing money, his own personal money. And at some point, everybody's got a limit of what they're going to invest. But on a personal level with Theo, I got on really well with him. I thought he was a good guy and yeah, I thought he'd done well for the football club. I know it's a football club. I know we all love it and we all live for it, but he's a, ultimately, he's a businessman, isn't he? That's, that's what he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Takes them at nothing, gets their stock up and then moves on to the next thing, like Dragon's Den. But he seemed like quite a hands-on chairman. I know that sounds weird, but he seemed like quite in amongst it with the players around you on the pitch and that was that true to form. Um, he, he knew he, he wouldn't get involved on on the football side of it. Um, 
I can't I can't comment if if Dennis ever had any problems with Theo because I, I wouldn't know of that. Um, I mean, like, you seem like quite friendly with the players, like a good way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. He had a good relationship. He knew all the players. He knew them personally by name. He wasn't one of these owners that was a fly-by-night owner. Did he turn up at the train and go, no, he didn't, really, to be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't want to turn up there if I didn't have to. Um, but he was a good man. He was a proper good man. You know, he was he was a family man, and his, his family meant a lot to him, you know? Yeah, nice. So we get to Cardiff. No trip to Euro Disney, straight to Cardiff. Straight um, to Cardiff. I can't remember now whether we knew we had Man United already or they played the following day. I can't really remember that. Can you? I don't know if you remember it. Um, no, I think we knew. I think we knew we had Man United. I'm pretty sure because we played on Sunday. I'm pretty sure they played on maybe the Saturday. I, I can't remember. But I, remember I think we already knew we had them. Yeah, I just remember seeing on Sky Sports. I'm just like, you know, he's coming on the screen in the FA Cup final. Millwall v Man United. So it was like a two week break before it actually happened. I was just looking at the screen thinking, this can't be real. I mean, it's like the first time I went to Vegas. I thought. It's just, I've looked forward to this my whole life. It's not actually going to happen. I'm not actually going to get there. But I did. And Mill no, did as well. What was it like to build up and the suits and all sorts? Yeah. So, you know, and we we, we made the song and everything, didn't we? And, yeah. you know, we went we, we went and done a recording. It was great. You know, we did the proper, we did the proper experience. Um, and, and Theo done everything he could do for us. You know, we're doing the radio thing. We made the song. Radio interviews, press, the suits, everything. It was great. Uh, I think the suit was by Jeff Franks as well. I, think I still got it. Um, with the Millwall emblem in it. So what's like engraved? The crest is like inside the jacket. I think. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was. It was. It was a great experience. And all of a sudden, you know, I think. I think it was at the time where you know football was changing. The Premier League are coming. All the money are coming. And the FA Cup, I think, was just starting to come back to become worth something because people started to devalue it by playing lesser teams before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it all came about winning the Premier League or finishing as high as you can. And I think it was as the Premier, it was the FA Cup was on its way back up. So it was good to be part of it because there was, all of a sudden the press and everyone are making a big issue out of it. And, you know, all of a sudden we're, 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 we're really popular for a period of time. You know, all the eyes are on Millwall Football Club. Mm. Total underdogs. We're not going to win. We've got no chance. And we knew we weren't stupid. We knew how good Man United were and where our level was at. And again, um, we're training at the stadium. And Dennis and Ray had gone and watched Man United. I think they had a Premier League game or something. So they've gone and watched them. And so we've come in afterwards and we're on the training field, uh, on the stadium pitch. And the reins of uh, Dennis have come out. And so we've all gone up to them and gone and what was it like last night, you know, the Man United game? Dennis has just stood there and he looked at us all. He's gone, boys, I ain't gonna lie to you. They're fucking brilliant. The <laughs> waiters there, they go, oh, oh okay. What's, Give, what's us the plan, <laughs> Give us some hope. Give us some hope. He's gone, they're fucking brilliant. <laughs> and we just all looked at each other and just burst out laughing. And it became the thing of, you know what? We're going to do what we've got a plan. We're going to stick to our plan. We know they're going to be good. And if they score a goal before half-time, we're in trouble. If we can get to half-time, who knows? Mm. Unfortunately, they got the one just before half-time. Yeah, Ronaldo, earlier in the game, he uh, <laughs> told Robbie Riley, turned him inside. I think Robbie's still sliding. <laughs> yeah, he um, he got torn apart that day, didn't he, Robbie, unfortunately. But he came up against a player in Cristiano Ronaldo, 
who was just at the pin coming to the pinnacle yeah. of going on to that next level. And, you know, poor Robbie, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't have wanted to be in that day. He's not the first, mate, is he? Sid, like, there's been many since. It's sort of part of Ronaldo, but from a personal perspective, he's got a really good game. I was reading some reports earlier, I watched the highlights again. I mean, obviously, he was a goalkeeper. You get loads of shots, you're going to, you know, you're going to have a good game. You I think we lost 3 0, obviously. I think one, one was a penalty, wasn't it? Did you try and give him a. Van Nistelrooy penalty. Yeah, yeah, Van Nistelrooy penalty in the second half. Um, I think uh, I think I dived as the ball was actually coming back out. He hit it that hard, honestly, Dan. Uh, I've come up against a few players in my time and some good players like him. But he hit this penalty. Honestly, I've dived. And he's already hit the back of the net and coming back out and I'm only just going. <laughs> did you like, what did you think? Like, did you give me eyes? Did you like research which way you go? Because he was their penalty taken. Obviously, in old Fergie time at Old Trafford, they used to get loads of penalties, didn't they? Did you like look into it? Knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, listen, again, that was like like the modern day now as it is. Like I, I'm a goalkeeping coach at Birmingham. We do all that. We research all that. But back in the day, you never used to. So as goalkeepers, we used to do it ourselves. So I did. I checked it all out. And I had a good idea where it was going to go. Honestly, I'd have had to leave. I'd, I'd have had to leave the day before to get to it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's no real surprise, mate, when we lost 3-0. But um, I remember driving out. We had, like, a little minibus. And we were driving past Man United fans stuck in traffic. And they're just all like, mm, we won again. And, and it's going off in this family. We've got the music on, the beer's flowing, it's all going on. And they're like, you lost? And we're like, fuck off. Exactly. Yeah, you know, will it happen again? It could do, but it's going to be very unlikely. Mm. You know, so I think in fairness, the Millwall fans, the same way the players, all the stuff, they made it the occasion what it was. And they were going there to go and enjoy themselves. You know, the best thing, we didn't get embarrassed. Yes, Man United were far better side than us. But you've got to look at what they had. We had Danny Dicko who had been suspended. You had, um, you had Tony out. You had Muzzy out. You had Wisey who'd been injured and only came back literally two days before. So, you know, we were down to the bare bones and you've just got to look at their team anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. No shame in it, mate. They've beaten a lot of other teams by a lot bigger scorelines, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you one, one thing I did take from that, Dan, right, was we, we um, I made the Roy Keane save in the first half where I tipped it over the bar from Keno. Anyway, so a few years later, I end up working with Keno at Villa. He ends up coming in as one of the coaches and he's sitting in his room. On a, I'm on my desk. He's on his desk. And we're sitting in the same room and he's sitting there and he's looking at me. I can see him staring at me at the corner of my eye and I think he, and he's got this glare in he, Keen. Yeah, um, it's scary. And I'm like thinking, I'm thinking, oh, what, what are you doing? He's going, he's tapping the desk going, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. And he looked at me and he's gone. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You stopped me scoring in the FA Cup final, didn't you? And I've never scored in it. And I looked at him and he just started laughing. Like. So it was good. It was nice. It, that was like one deal me, you know? <laughs> so that's it. The season's over. Your loan's over. So... Did they, well, they must have at some point said, can we have a chat with you? Or did you think, I'm going to go back to Ipswich, see what happens? Because you're, 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 no, you're high. You, if, if Ipswich are in League yeah. 1 at the time, and you've come to the no, Championship. Ipswich, no, Ipswich was in the Championship. Um, oh, sorry. I'd, yeah, I'd, the manager did, me and, no, but then, it wasn't that me and Joe Royal didn't see eye to eye, he just didn't fancy me. So my time to move on. My contract had come to an end at Ipswich as well. Um, but then there was murmurs that Tony was going to leave, um, that he's going to go to Cardiff, and that you know Millwall were then going to be interested in signing me. So um, I'd had such a good time. I genuinely, genuinely had one of the best times I've ever had in football playing at Millwall, and I can sincerely say that with my hand on my heart. Mm-hmm. And the squad that we had, the management that we had, um, but then I had my concerns over where the club was going to go, and you know they were on about a long-term contract. I wasn't convinced on a long-term contract, Dan, because I wasn't convinced where the club was going to go, that whether Theo was going to be in charge, who was going to be in charge of it. And if Theo left, would Dennis still be there? And what Millwall was about at that time was about Dennis Wise, was about Ray Wilkins, was about the management and having the correct management in place, um, which would then have brought the right players. And we've just gone on that run. We've got to the FA Cup final. The club had earned some good money and Dennis wasn't supported. And he wasn't able to bring the players in that he wanted to bring in. And you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, we've got these European games. We've got the championship, but we're not getting the right players in. Mm. And this could go very wrong very quickly if, 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 if we don't get off to a good start. And we did all right in the championship. We had obviously a bit of the European games. And then it all started to fall apart. And then Theo decided he wanted to sell up and get out. And that's where it, you knew it was all going to go wrong. And it was um, it was a bit of a by the end of that seat that that next season it was a bit of a recipe for a disaster. Yes, man, because like literally from when you done the cup final, cheers, boys. Maybe see you next summer. Come back after the summer, it was almost like you know the players left to be expected: Kale, Stephen Reid, Tony Warner. But 
no disrespect to these players, like he bought with Josh Simpson, Adrian Seriu. Uh, and it just like on paper, it looked like a completely different feel about it, almost team and club. Do you know what I mean? Just, I was just like, what's happened here? We just fucking got to the FA Cup final. We're in Europe. Yeah. We're not pulling some uh, some sway with players, we? and just it was like, it was, like, was it like coming back to a different club? Because that's what it felt like as a fan. Yeah, I, I remember the, the obviously with um, uh, Josh and um, Aiden Saru with the signings that they, we signed them by going on tour to to, to Canada. To Vancouver, so we're we're over there, we're, and we're 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 playing this season. Day. And I'd only just signed the day, I signed the day that they were going to get on the flight. So I've literally gone to the, um, I've I've gone to the airport, signed my papers with the club secretary at the airport, and then all the lads have turned up, and I'm there waiting for them. Just I've signed all the papers, and then we've gone out on the tour, and then we played against this one team, and these two lads were playing, and in fairness to them, they've done quite well. And but Adrian had this rocket of a throw yeah. and we and we've gone out that evening and they're in the same restaurant that we're in and so we end up chatting to them so i'm, I'm chatting away with these two lads and why she's gone much that's them two lads and i said yeah yeah it's kind of quite like them i said well i'll get them over if you want so i got them over and then dennis had a chat with them then obviously took the numbers and then it all went from there and we ended up signing. But it, that, that was because obviously Dennis had no budget. He had no money yeah, to bring anybody yeah, yeah. in. So it was like making the best or out of the situation that we had. And unfortunately, well, fortunately for Josh, Josh had a good, he had a decent yeah, career in yeah. the game. But um, Adrian had the best debut I've ever seen. We beat Leicester 2 0. I took my nephew, who's now like, my nephew, Jake, he's like 24 now. I took him in, yeah. it was about, about six. His first ever yeah. game, he didn't really know what was going on, but he, he always remembers the, the fucking launch. It's like a Rory Dillab. It's a, it's a cheap to your armour, isn't it? If, a, if you ain't yeah. got, to go, you've got the players you want, we've got a long thrower. <laughs> so, so, we, so we knew we had this weapon, right? So when Adrian's come back, we said, right, when, he, when we get him over, he's, whatever game he plays in, he isn't going to throw any until he starts a championship game. So no one knows, because no one knows of him. He was an yeah. unheard of player. So no one's going to know. So the first throwing we had was, um, it was just below the scoreboard, um, you know, the big TV in the corner. We had one on that side and he's gone up. And so no one, everyone's setting up to go short. And then we know we can try and pull a fast one and launch it into the box. Unfortunately, it didn't come off, but we, we obviously tried it, but it didn't, it didn't happen how we wanted to. But it was a hell of a weapon they had. Yeah. wonder what Adrian Seriu thought of rocking up to South Bermondsey. He's playing over in Canada. <laughs> Did a wine bar drinking with Josh Simpson. All of a sudden, he's lost in Peckham or something. <laughs> it, honestly, honestly, I, th I think um, by the time he left the country, I think he had a few issues anyway. But um, he was a bit of a lad. He was a nice kid. Fucking hell, yeah. Just random players you've had down the years. It does get random, doesn't it, at Millwall? But, okay, so this is the, another question we're to ask you. You signed two years, yeah? You've just been brilliant for us. And then he signs with Graham Stack on loan from Arsenal, and he plays this thing. He starts in front of you. What was that about? Yeah, um, I was obviously disappointed because I'd, I'd done well FA Cup final um, the season before. We'd done really well, and I'm expecting them to kick on. And then when when Dennis brought Stacky in, I, I was disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but what I say about Stacky, and I'm still seeing him and speak to him now. He is one of the top guys that I've ever come across in football. The guy's a lunatic, by the way, an absolute nut job. People that know, he's obviously a bit older now and he's calmed down, he's got kids and everything, and he's got a lovely family. 
um, and he's doing really well in his job at Watford. Yeah. But at the time when he was younger and he came came to Millwall, the guy, he was just crazy. He was just get up to crazy stuff. Like the most obscure, you think, Stacky, why would that even enter your head? Why would you even think that you can go and do stuff like that? Like the normal human being on the street, it would be so far away from normality and, and reality. But yeah, Stacky Harry would just be like, out. I'm, I'm going to go and do this. This would be really clever. You know, he's just mad. <laughs> oh, wait, you've played with some mad goalkeepers at me. Well, I did say that to you the half screen. But um, did you not knock on Dennis's door and go, what the fuck? You just got into no, I... in a cup run. Just signed me for two years. You wanted to sign me long term. Lucky I only signed two because in a minute, you put an Arsenal loan in. Yeah. And I think <laughs> the thing about it is, obviously, Willie had left as well. Tony had left. And they needed two goalies in. Now, they obviously got me in and signed me. And probably, reading between the lines now in hindsight, they probably brought me in, me get me signed, but they're knowing that they've got to bring another one in as well. Yeah, yeah. And if they can bring a loan in, as in like a Graham Stack from Arsenal, it's going to be cheap for the club because they won't really have to pay anything if, if Stacky's playing. So it probably suited the club both ways. So I, I get it from their point of view. But I think I was sold a little bit of a dud at the start, if the truth be known. Mm-hmm. You was in and out, but you, you, you didn't play in the Ferenc Varos game. I, I assume you travelled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Naughty that was. Okay. What was that experience like? Oh, naughty. honestly, that was, yeah, that was naughty. That was proper naughty, Dan, because they're intimidating fans. Oh, <laughs> I've been to some intimidating places around the world, you know, in football. That was probably one of the worst ones. And that was the time, unfortunately, two Millwall fans actually got stabbed as well at that game, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, that was... That, Dennis, no, actually, Stacky can play. I'll let Stacky play Ferris Farris away. That's all right. I'm going to play You know what? That one, that was one I didn't mind missing. I'm watching it from the sidelines on the bench, and I'm thinking, oh, that's fucking naughty. That is, you know. Mm. What was the hotel like there? And that? what was the facilities like? Was it? No, the hotel was good. Find the more pressure, or no, the hotel was good. The hotel was good. Like, um, you know, we got looked after well enough, but the training ground, crap, shocking. Like we we trained the night before on some some like park pitch, it was horrendous. Um, and the train and the stadium, no, shocking, poor, really poor. I, I believe I think they've moved stadiums from 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 where they're at now. Yeah, that was that one one and only so far um, trip into Europe. I can't see happening again. But again, another first for the club, another first on your CV. You've been here what half a season, a season, and you've got FA Cup semi final, FA Cup final. And um, you wait for cup. Was it you wait for cup? Yeah, was you wait for cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all on your CV, so it's going all right. Yeah, and as I said, I I, I genuinely love my time there, and I, I'm proud to be part of something that has become quite historical at the football club. You know that that the club has not been involved in before. Hopefully, at some point in the future, it will be, but it's maybe a few years down the line. You know, as you say, in the FA Cup semi-final, final, and the UEFA Cup. So for me to be part of that and, and to me to have a proper active involvement, uh, yeah, it's something to feel proud about. This is a random question. I always ask this. But I, don't know why. I usually ask the players from the 90s because I was a kid when they played and I was like fascinated by it. But did you, did you live in the area when you played for me or was you travelling in? Um, I lived in a place called Billericay, which was... Um, oh, Essex. I was in Essex. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. 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 <laughs> Not at Stockbrook Manor, did you? I did, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was just, that was just around the corner from where the I stag do, The stag do lasted longer than the marriage, but anyway, <laughs> it shows that, yeah. <laughs> Stockbrook money, yeah, lovely place. Cost their old man 16 bags, I think. 
good. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice there. Yeah, that 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 used to be my local golf course, and um, yeah, it's 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 really nice there. But yeah, so I, I I lived there. I lived there when I was um, at Millwall. So every day back and forth over the bridge with uh, with Neil Harris in the car. Oh, car school with Neil Harris. I knew we hadn't covered him yet. Was he like Chopper? I had a good, really good relationship with with Chopper, um, and we still chat now. And you know, when you because I think at the time I think um, I think the police decided to have a little look at his license and take it away from him for a little while. So. Um, <laughs> He was uh, he was needing lifting to, to and from training every day. So so me and him spent a lot of time together. And we, we got on really, really well, really well. And as I said, we still speak now. Could you see him getting into management? Tony Walker always says no. he's the last person I would have thought that would have got into being a manager. Uh, it was, it, you know, when I came to Millwall, I think he was just trying to settle down as in like, his head. <laughs> um, I think he'd had, I think he'd had a few demons in his time as a player. Um, I think, I think it's quite openly, openly been said about that and yeah the one person i wouldn't have expected to go into into management was going to be him but in fairness to him he's done exceptionally well and he's done well for that football club as well yeah he did well he did so end of the season again nothing really to write home about we didn't do too bad in the league considering we had adrian serio and people like that no, no disrespect to him but then um dennis wise leaves the club yeah and you, you yeah. thinking i'll just fucking sign it and then you've you know what I mean? Because I didn't sign this, the four year deal, whatever it was that you wanted me to sign, because the manager's left. Was yeah. he did he leave or was he pushed by Theo? Was it a little bit of a mutual thing? No, I think um, and again, I, I may be wrong, but I, I believe it was more of a case that Theo was gonna leave and Dennis was realising how it's all gonna fall apart. Mm. So I you know, I think I'm pretty sure Dennis and Theo have a relationship now. I think I think they get on fine. Um and if that wasn't the case, then I'm pretty sure that they would have fallen out. So I don't believe they fell out because they have a relationship now. Um, and I think Dennis was going to see how this was all going to fall fall apart. And unfortunately, he was right. Mate, absolute cast said to you off screen. And Matty Lawrence said it to me on screen, so that makes no difference. Matty Lawrence said he just he sat in the dugout. I think after a game he lost four nil at home, and he just Josh got out of here. He and he loved the club. He just said he's absolutely gone to pieces in that last season. Um, he was pretty much an ever-present in that last season. Other than two goalkeepers that played at points where I'm assuming you're injured, right? And I don't even I don't remember either of them. The first one was Paul Jones. Is that the old Southampton keeper? Yeah, the old Southampton one, yeah. Wait, I yeah. don't even remember him playing for me at all. Um, he, he must have come along for a game or two. He came on loan for a game. He was supposed to play in a cup game down at... Exeter or something like that was it? No, not Exeter. Yeovil, Yeovil. Sorry, um, and I ended up playing, and we won the game one nil. And I actually had quite a good game. Um, I, I think we. I don't think. I think there was only myself at the club. I don't think we had a, a number two, a proper out and out. No. Oh, Colin Doyle. We had Colin I was Doyle. Like, so was this guy, Colin Doyle. <laughs> I don't remember him. Yeah. yeah, we had Doyle. We had Doyle coming on loan from Birmingham, um, but both of them played pretty much second fiddle to myself that that season mm. um yeah yeah yes but I no it's um it was it was it was a tough time down to and w what was so sad like you you mentioned about matt lawrence there was you see how over a period of time we built something at the football club that could have been sustained and if there was an investment and the right owner come in if the old decided he wanted to move on how it could have pushed on 
but it was literally the heart was ripped out of it so within weird. weeks within weeks it was gone i've got and it written yeah, you're literally I've, there in my notes i've got you know, why did it go south so quickly literally theo's just gone boom and pulled the plug didn't it really he pulled he pulled the plug and, and listen if an owner decides he wants to out and they've been investing money that's their prerogative okay we, we can't yeah. argue but the only thing you can say is the people that took over it wasn't right it it, it wasn't and uh, you know the, the, this new chairman came in um jeff burnage and it, it didn't work and it, and it was wrong and then we had steve claris coming off the back of that who i know is a, a millwall a millwall legend as a player but it didn't work as a management for him there, there were things that weren't right and i don't really want to go into it he's a millwall That's legend he's done great as a player but the, there were things that weren't quite right and then then you look beyond that and then when jeff bernies gets taken over and you know you've got these other people coming and i forget who it was and it was just wrong and i think connie lee came in as manager after that connie um, lee came in and he, he was manager till december uh then he yeah. left and title became manager for a bit and then for the last yeah. couple of games it was the old goalkeeper coach who was going to replace you in the cup final when adam mccleary Tony Burns, yeah his name tony burns yeah i got his name written there yeah, yeah. um yeah, it was. You've just said it there. We had four four managers in one season. It, yeah. It's crazy, you know. There's there's no structure. There's no you can't build a football club off the back of that, you know. And and you could just see how the whole thing was falling apart. And there was, you know, they they brought this one guy in who was who's was supposed to be a, med, a medical healer or something, and he was going to fix injuries by just holding your leg, and you're there, and we're going what. And I had a bit of an injury, and I think Matt Lawrence had an injury, and I think there was a few others. And he just put his hands on you. And he, and he was literally, no word of a lie, I promise you, he was just putting his hands on you, holding you, and then just talked to you. And he talked to you for half an hour, Dad, right? And they go, there you go, you'll be fixed now. And you're like, what you done? We weren't even going like, hum, nun, 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 nun. he was actually saying, how you been today? You're right? We were just yeah, having a normal conversation. And we're playing this guy a load of money. He's breaking medical science by putting his hands on you. He's going to treat you. It's like a healer or something. But it was, honestly, you're there and you're going, what are you doing? How is he talking to that? I'll tell you what I do for a living. It's like a joke, isn't it? Almost. It was, honestly, there. We'll throw some money at him. He seems all right. And this is, but this is what I'm saying. That's where the club started to become just a laughing stock. It used to be like camaraderie and that sort of thing. At that point, it, all them sort of things were going off, and you're like, "This is just a joke." Oh, well, I've got to tell you this one, right? This is brilliant. So we had this one guy come in, right? And he was like, he was gonna, he was like, a, um, he was like a, uh, a a mind guru, and it's all about you know mind over matter and everything like that. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do that one, you know, where you fist it into the, like planks of wood, and you're gonna break it. Yeah, yeah. It's all about mind over matter and everything like that. <laughs> so he's gone to do it right and he's got one of the lads to hit the board anyway the lads hit the board he shattered the board and put it straight through his chin and split his chin open his chin is pouring with blood we're all sitting there like crying our eyes and we laughed they had to take him off to hospital <laughs> honestly it's ridiculous and we're there going what is going on at this place and that's the points these are the points that it just became it became a joke honestly it was ridiculous and the players were getting frustrated honestly 
mind over man. He split his, he split his <laughs> chin up and he ended up in hospital. The other geezer, I'd have put his hands on his chin. Honestly, mate, it was. You hate to say it, but it just became a joke. The place became a joke, and you hate to say that about a club that were six months before, and got to where it got to. You had the people there that you had, and just to see it, the heart ripped out of it. It, it was soul destroying. It really was. It's like, I mean, obviously, we I speak to a lot of players. We hear stories, football stories, changing room stories, or games, or how you felt on the day. This is like, what? What are you going by? This is nothing even, nothing I've ever heard before. Like in 60, <laughs> sixty episodes, it's brilliant. <laughs> Have I opened up a can of worms here? Oh, yes, brilliant. Like, what is stuff? What, what is that? What, what are we even talking about? It's not even football, is it? Crazy. <laughs> so, so one one last game I want to ask you about before we move on to you leaving the club. Um, Reading away, five nil. You got sent off, but no goalkeeper on the bench. Did Ben? Did I remember that right? Did Ben May go in goal? Yeah, I got I got sent off. I came out and I brought the lad down, didn't I? Outside the outside the box. Um, yeah. I think it was on. I think we were maybe one nil down at the time. It was something like that. And I think you're right. I think we did. We didn't have a goalie on the bench. I checked. I, I, didn't I, I, I think for some reason that Ben May's job in my memory. I think that's he went in because he was lanky, really probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could be right. I, and I can't tell you why we didn't have a goalie on the bench. I, I'm I'm really not too sure. But yeah. Um, yeah, when, for some reason, when I played at Reading, I just never had a good time. I, and I can't, you have certain clubs that you can, if you ask players, there's certain clubs that you just have an affinity to, and certain clubs or stadiums, it just doesn't work for whatever reason. And mine was Reading, and yeah, I got sent off and we got done 5 0. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> yeah, very swiftly. <laughs> I've got any notes there, like your contracts up. Was you offered a new deal? Was it a difficult decision? But what you've just told me, I believe that we're leading to the answer was no, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a tough decision to leave. <laughs> Do you know what? It, it was. It was a very unfortunately. It was a very easy decision to leave. What saddened me was that the club had gone to the depths it had gone to, mm. um, and it was it was wrong from from we first joining the club two and a half years before the run we went on, then signing there permanently, and getting what we got out of the football club. In the first twelve months, to then see the decline of it, it was it was just sad. You can't say anything more. It was just really sad, and you feel for the fans because they're the ones that are left with it. Who've got to go through all the crap for the next few years, picking up the pieces. But this just says everything about having good, bad owners at football clubs. Mm. You know, good ones you can have success and you can build a football club. You get bad ones. And they can destroy football clubs and destroy communities to a certain extent. Mm. Whether it's rightfully or wrongfully done or meaning to be done, but unfortunately, this is what happens in this industry. Yeah, shame, mate. You move on to Coventry, but then this is what I didn't know. I don't know why I didn't know this. Seven <laughs> years later, you come back to the club and finish your career at Millwall. Now, I've done a bit of research and said you came back to play understudy to the injured David Ford. Probably what a legend, by the way. I've had him on the show. Um, but you didn't play at all, did you? No. So what happened was, <laughs> it's really mad, mad how football works and this industry works. So I had a house up in the Midlands that I lived here when I was at Coventry. And then 
Um, I moved out of it, went back living down south. So I'd gone back up to see the house to make sure the house was okay. Bumped into, see, see the Millwall team training around the corner from my house at the University of Warwick. So I go over there because obviously I know a few of the people and Steve Lomas is there. So I end up talking to Steve Lomas and we end up having a conversation and he says, well, what are you doing? So I said, well, I'm doing nothing. He said, well, why don't you come down and train with us? So I said, really? He says, yeah, not a problem. Come in and train. Now, I know some of the fans, well, probably quite a lot of the fans didn't have a great affiliation to Lomi, but he only done well for me. And you can only speak on how you find people. Yeah, so I went in, just started to do some training. Um, I'm 38 now. I, you know, I'm at, I'm at the end of my career, but I'm thinking, you know what? I want to try to go to on 40. I'll just train there and maybe try and get a club somewhere, maybe in January or something. And then train, train, train. And well and behold, 40 goes and gets injured. Stephen then goes in goal, Stephen Bywater, and then yeah. I'm on the bench. So, yeah, it was, um, it, it's, it's mad how we changed around. I've got a quick story for you, right? So, um, we're then playing, right? So, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday away. And I don't know if this became public. It may well have done. And our poor kit man, I'm so sorry for him. We've, he's driven up, as he would do in his van, take all the stuff up, make sure everything's there. Anyway. We'd gone in for a team meeting at the hotel up in Sheffield on the Saturday lunchtime, and we're just about to leave to go to the stadium. And Lomi stood there, and he's like, I can see he's got something playing on his mind. And everyone stood in, sat in front of him, and he goes, boys, listen, we, I've got to tell you, the kit man's made a bit of a mistake. He's gone, what? He's gone, he's forgot the kit. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. The kit man's a great guy, and I love him to bits. He's now left. I hope he doesn't listen to this because he'll slaughter me for telling it. But he, um, he's got the kit. We had to wear Sheffield Wednesday's away kit. I oh. kid you not. I promise you. You go back and look on the footage of that game. We're wearing Sheffield Wednesday's away kit. And we're playing Sheffield Wednesday. Imagine, so imagine he brought all the boots, he brought everything else, but he forgot the actual playing kit. He left it in a skip at the at the training ground. He'll <laughs> kill me. He'll kill me. I forgot the keeper kit, or I forgot the subs warm up tops. But you forgot the fucking lot. Like fifteen. You forgot the kit. Short tags. Nothing. Bags off right today. Must be the gym's paying off. <laughs> oh, honestly, we are crying our eyes out. Like, like we're laughing our heads off. We find it really funny. Like, oh. you know, poor guy was like devastated, absolutely devastated. Oh, I'm not surprised. So, what was he like? Forty, yeah. forty in goal. Well, great guy. Forty is great. No, he's great. Um, I think he was sort of coming towards the back end of his career. I think it'd be fair to say when he when I joined Millwall, um, what would it have been like nine, ten years ago? Nine years ago. Yeah. So he was probably sort of coming towards the end of it and he was becoming a little bit of a stiff man. If the, if the truth be known, he couldn't move around a little bit. Um, but real nice fella. Gentleman. Got on a really good relationship with him. Um, I came in and, you know, I was a senior player at the end of my career and he he, he welcomed me with open arms and he was great towards me. Um, yeah. I can only speak highly of him. And again, Stephen Bywater, um, who was there, 
as well. And Stephen, again, an absolute lunatic, the guy. Yeah, he's 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 an, I've, I've known Stephen a long time, and he's always he's always been a bit crazy. Um, but no, he's he's, he's he, again he's he's another good one. You know, most of the guys in football, and, and I think social media. This is where social media has played a positive. Most of the guys in football, they're good guys, and I think people are now because of social media, because of podcasts like you're doing here, they can get to 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 meet the real me. They can get to meet yeah. the real the real person rather than the perception of the footballer, and you know most most footballers are, are good guys and they are you seem to be one of the more sa- maybe you put on a good show but you seem to be more one of the most sane goalkeepers there are <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i've i've um yeah the blag it well can't i <laughs> <laughs> so um i always ask at the end obviously you're up you're at birmingham now probably believe by yeah. Uh, he was Cholton previous to that, so still working in football. But wrapping it up on a Millwall perspective, I always ask this at the end of the show. What um, was your standout memory from the time at the club? If you pick a standout memory, what would it be? Oh, without doubt, the FA Cup final. Without doubt. Yeah. The, the, the whole day. I, I know I mentioned before the semi-final was probably one of the best experiences. But to actually walk out and do the national anthem in front of the stadium at the Millennium Stadium, half it full of Millwall, half it full of Man United, playing against some of the best players in the world at that time, being broadcasted around the world, would probably have to go down as my greatest memory. And you've been you've been decent on the stories. You let us, you've opened the door for us. So I'm going to ask you for one if you could give us like a standout, like a funny dressing room or behind the scenes story, like something that could come to you. That you, could, you could tell about dropping anyone in the shit. Oh, well, unfortunately, that's the problem. I've been dropping too many people in this year. <laughs> that's the problem. Don't, yes. I don't want to do that. Fair um, enough, fair enough. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Um, no, I better, I better leave some of them stories because usually mine, <laughs> you're usually triple X rated. Tell me when we're finished. That's what people usually do. <laughs> uh, finally, you could go out tomorrow and meet up for one last night out with three of your experts. Oh. You can only take three of them. Who are you taking? I'm taking Neil Harris, I'm taking Matt Lawrence, and I'm going to take Stacky from Entertainment Value. <laughs> that is Without a, a doubt. Random tri- I can see Matty Lawrence after about half an hour with Graham Stack going, nah, fuck, isn't that home? <laughs> Honestly, Stacky would just be centre of attention. Chopper would just be getting slaughtered off his face, and Matty would just be sitting in the corner trying to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Really appreciate your time. Glad we finally got it over the line. No problem. Listen, Dan, thank you so much. And thanks to the Millwall fans. Legend. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 